Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We have one of our very favorite guests, Parliamentary Budget Officer Yves Giroux, who released his supplementary estimates for 2023-24 report and has said, and I was looking at this number several times, including 2 o'clock this morning, maybe that's why I didn't get to sleep, has said federal employees' salaries and benefits topped $67 billion. $67 billion. Also, the parliamentary budget officer stated, as Global News reported, the federal government's carbon price could generate more than $5 billion from the federal sales tax over the next seven years, but none of that is directly earmarked for climates. We have a lot to talk about with Monsieur Giroux. Good to have you with us, Monsieur Giroux. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And you? I hope I'm not responsible for putting you to sleep later on <laughs> in during the show. <laughs> I hope not. Anything could put me to sleep right now. I tell you, uh, I'm sort of doing it. With, you know that old joke about I'm doing I'm doing what I'm doing with one eye propped open with a toothpick. That's that's where I am. Oh my goodness, it's just the human condition. Uh, your supplementary estimates for 2023-24 report. Let's just start with this. Did I read this correctly? Uh, federal employee salaries and benefits topping $67 billion? Yes, that's accurate. So it's the salaries, of course, over time, but also contributions to pension plans, to EI and CPP that the employer has to provide on behalf of employees that topped $67 billion in 22-23. And based on the latest numbers that we saw released by the government, um, it's on track to be 6.6% higher uh, based on the trend for the first eight months of the fiscal year. So it's uh, slated to be even higher this year. So how do you react to that? <laughs> well, two ways. It, it's not necessarily bad to have an increase in the number and the cost for the public service if that's what Canadians want and also if we are getting services as citizens. But uh, that discourages me a bit when we see that the size of the public service and its cost is increasing, but the services we are getting don't seem to be increasing noticeably. And I say that as a person who doesn't rely on services, on government services a lot, but I'm thinking about Aboriginal communities who need services, those who are on EI and need their their applications processed quickly, or those who need uh, immigration papers and are desperately waiting for these, and it takes the time that it takes, and that doesn't seem to bother that many people. Yeah, it's almost impossible to get a quick response from government, and you're dealing with the federal government. So when I try to call a federal agency, first of all, I have to find the phone number, which isn't always easy. And then you find the phone number and you call, and uh, like as not, you're going to get voicemail. And uh, and then when you actually do talk to a person, and maybe I'm too cynical here, but often I've uh, I've, I've received the answer, well, I can't help you. Pardon? So you can't help me. And this is part of the 60, uh, 67 billion. How many people are we talking about? How many employees? Uh, we're talking about 430,000 people, if I'm not mistaken. So it's uh, 
quite a sizable public service, and it's it's increasing, as I said. So we're looking at at the end of last fiscal year, one uh, four hundred and thirty-two thousand people. So and that's probably increasing. We don't have the final number, or the most recent number is what was at the end of March 2023, and it was almost 432,000. Okay. Uh, on to something else. I didn't read anything in your report about this, but it's the number one news story for many people. Do you have any preliminary numbers on on ArriveCan? Uh, my colleague, the very capable Karen Hogan, uh, Auditor General, looked at ArriveCan. And uh, I didn't look at that because she was on it, and it's uh, something that she paid a lot of attention to, and she released a report on it. So I let her deal with that, and there was a committee of the House led by Mr. Kelly McCauley, who also looked at that. So there was enough people looking at that issue. I focused on on other things. Yeah. Well, we've talked a lot about that uh, situation, including yesterday, and it has... uh it's got layers, so many layers to it, and even your your colleague, the Auditor General, wasn't able to follow all the, the, the leads, so much more on that to come. Now, let me ask you about this. The, the federal government's uh, carbon price could generate more than $5 billion from the federal sales tax over the next seven years, if I have this correctly, but none of that is earmarked for climate initiatives. initiatives. Can you talk to us about that, please? Uh, sure. So it's the GST that will be collected, or yeah, collected in addition to the carbon tax as a result of having a carbon tax. So, as people may or may not know, when there's uh, something added to the price, such as the carbon tax, the GST is the final thing that gets added. So, if you increase the carbon tax or you put a carbon tax on anything, fuels, for example, then the GST um, that, that's collected gets higher, and it's 5%, obviously. So we estimate that in the current fiscal year, there'll be about close to $500 million in GST collected just due to the presence of a carbon tax. And as the carbon tax increases over time, that should reach a billion dollars by 2030, 2031, when the price of a ton of carbon will reach $170. So that's additional revenues that the government will be collected, and that's what uh, we estimate uh, the amounts to be. That's a considerable amount of money. You told us previously as well, and I just want to ask you whether this is still, uh, as you see it, as the carbon tax does reach that $170 per ton in 2030, Lower-income Canadians will still receive rebates, but for the middle class and the higher earners, it's a different reality. They'll actually be paying out more money. Is that still uh, is that still your your assessment of the situation? Yes, that's still the assessment. The framework around the carbon tax has not changed. The economic situation has not dramatically changed. And the composition of household is still the same as it was when we released our report in 2023. So it's still our view that the the carbon tax will have redistributive impacts that won't be the same um, based on the composition and the level of income of individuals. Okay. Our guest, Yves Giroux, the Parliamentary Budget Officer, who just talked to us about the federal government's carbon price, uh, could generate more than $5 billion from the GST over the next seven years. But none of that $5 billion 
is earmarked for climate initiatives. I know what it's for. I know what it's for. Um, Stephen Gilbo is going to put the money toward building roads. Okay, it's a bad joke. I've been on a long time already. Um, Mr. Giroux, looking at the highlights of your supplementary estimates report for 23-24, concerning funds the government is, I'm correct about this, right? This government, uh, it's funds they're requesting for additional, uh, or additional funds they're requesting for, for, the, for this calendar year or the, for the next fiscal year. Is that right? Yeah, for the current fiscal year. So current it's the supplementary year. estimates. It's supplementary estimates C. So the last opportunity for the government to request funding between now and the end of March. So that's their last chance, and that's what they're doing with sub C, as we call them. Okay. Um, uh, there have been some there's some big numbers here, and some major initiatives like uh, defense spending, uh, monies required to uh, to engage First Nations. Can you give us some of the more significant issues and expenditures they're requesting? Sure. So they're looking, the government is looking at spending an additional $13 billion in these subsidies. And there's about 2.4 for personnel spending, which we briefly talked about a few minutes ago. So it's compensation for public servants. Uh, there's 2.2 billion to the Department of National Defense, including for aircraft projects, such as the replacement for the Aurora Patrol aircraft. And there's $2 billion for Service Canada, most of which is related to First Nations Child and Family Services. And there's also some, a few hundred million dollars for writing off Canada Student Financial Assistance Program, so student loans. Okay, now we, we've talked about the uh, National Pharmacare Program with you in the past, and it's been conjecture because nobody has shaken hands on it. But now we have Mr. Trudeau and Mr. Singh shaking hands on the creation of a national pharmacare program. Can you remind us, please, what your numbers show this will cost Canadians? So we costed something that was talked about a couple of months ago, and it's been talked about for a few years, in fact, and that's a universal pharmacare program that would replace public uh, insurance plans that some of us have through our employer public plans that cover the elderly, for example, or low-income individuals, as well as direct federal expenditures for First Nations, for veterans. So a universal plan where we wouldn't, as individuals, we wouldn't pay anything. So no co-payment and no, uh, no um, franchise every year. So we estimated that would cost an additional $11 billion in its first year of existence, rising to about $13 billion in 27-28. And that's based on um, the coverage of the types of drugs that are covered in Quebec by the provincial plan, because that was what was talked about by proponents of a universal drug plan. And that's in addition to the expenditures that governments already incur, for example, provinces for their pharmacare programs and direct program expenditures at the federal level. So a net new $13 billion. Can we afford that? That's a good question. Um, it depends how much we are willing to add to the debt or how much we are willing to be taxed in addition to offset that expenditure. It's all a matter of choices. Yeah. But it's a good question. 
what is our debt? Uh, what's our national debt now? And where, where, where are you projecting it to be, perhaps, in in a, in a year or so? Can you do Can you do that? Sure, sure. It's uh, the net debt. It's supposed to be at about one point two trillion dollars. So one thousand two hundred and twenty billion dollars. So it it represents about forty two percent of GDP. So slightly less than what the country produces in a year, and it's scheduled to rise a bit um, over the next couple of years. As long as we have deficits, it's going to continue rising. But as a share of GDP, it should stabilize and start decreasing slightly in 2025-6 and thereafter. That's before the budget is stable and before we know what the government plans on doing with a national pharmacare program or other expenditures that are in the pipeline, such as a disability benefit or potential increases to the national defense, uh, national defense, our Canadian armed forces to reach the 2% target uh, that NATO has asked members to commit to. So if I ask you about the national debt, I have to ask you as well about the deficit. Where do we stand with the deficit now? The deficit is about, uh, was about, or is expected to be $46 billion this year. We'll get numbers on that when the Minister of Finance tables her budget. And in the absence of all these additional spending measures that we talk about, it should be $20, $39 billion next year. And again, decreasing slightly to be below $20 billion in 28-29. But that depends on what the government does with all these other things that have not been implemented but promised, such as a disability benefit and a national pharmacare program, just mm -hmm. to name these two. Okay. Also depends on how Canadians vote in the next election, which is going to be come, uh, coming down before that time. I always ask you this, and since I've been up since 2 o'clock in the morning, is there anything that keeps you awake at night concerning federal government spending practices and projections? Um, the thing that keeps me awake at night is the not necessarily the absolute level of spending, but the fact that we are having an increasing public service, increasing in size. There's more consultancy, but yet the performance targets of government departments and agencies don't seem to be met. There's about half of these targets that are not met or for which there's no measurable outcome. So we're spending $67 billion on the public service, $20 billion on consultants, and yet we are meeting, our departments are meeting about half of their performance targets. And okay. I, I, I can't figure out why. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.